Well, y'all, it's finally here, the launch of my first apparel line, Illustrious League. And this collection is called the Save Yourself Collection. So when I launched Illustrious League, I wanted to make sure that I was making something that was not only dope, but that had purpose. And the Save Yourself Collection is all about empowering us to know that we have the power within us to save ourselves. And using my original design that I drew with my own hand, combined with dope threads that are comfy and cozy, we're bringing you Illustrious League, the Save Yourself Collection. Available now at illustriousleague.com. Get into it. Welcome to another episode of Small Doses, Potent Truths for Everyday Use. Want to give everybody a heads up that the paperback version of my book, Small Doses, will be available in stores April 13th. I know some folks couldn't afford the hardback version, and so we got the paperback, which is more affordable, but still got the same punch, still packs it all in. So look out for that. It's also just a great gift. I know we're out of like gift giving season, but I mean, you know, you might just have to give it to somebody because they just fucking up and you're like, you know what? Here's a guide to get yourself back on track. Uh, Here we are with another episode. And this episode is a very, very personal episode. And not, not, not to say that other episodes aren't personal, but this one is incredibly personal because it's also medical. And we're talking about side effects of freezing your eggs. And the reason I'm doing this episode is because I froze my eggs. And, you know... I got to tell you all, it's it's a conversation that I feel like starts happening particularly, well, around like 35, 36, particularly amongst women in professional spaces, because, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of us who are still single and the, uh, the prospect of a man just seems so improbable that it's like, you know what, let me, let me freeze these eggs. And I am kind of the last Mohican amongst my homegirls who don't have kids um, and who are professionals and felt like they needed to freeze their eggs to buy them some time. And I was adamant. Uh, I'm talking like, I was like, I'm not doing any excited waiting circumstances when it comes to having a child. I am not. And... Then I met somebody and the conversation starts to shift. And so today I want to talk about freezing eggs because I feel like there's a lot of folks who are in a similar situation as a lot of my friends who are single and, you know, know that they want a child, but don't necessarily have the um, other half of that pie at the moment. And then there's people who are like myself who are not single, but are, don't want to have a child right now. And then there's other people who are also like myself who shit don't want to, they, they, they're like, I may want to have a child, but I'm not quite sure. Right. I might though. I might. And so then it's like giving you that option. And then there's the fourth version, which is also myself, which is I perhaps want to have a child. And if, and even if I did want to have a child, I don't want to birth it from this pussy. I can't hear Rebecca because she's muted, but I'm pretty sure she laughed. Um, that all of those versions are examples of people 
who freeze their eggs. And there's a lot more other versions, but those are the ones that I've come across. And this episode is my personal experience. So I also want to make sure that we all know that I'm not speaking as an expert. I'm not speaking as a physician, RN, none of that. I'm speaking as somebody who went through this process and I'm just sharing my experience with you guys in the, in the hopes that if it is something that you were pondering or something that you didn't know about, that you may get some new information or you may get some new inspiration. So let's begin. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. In this gem drop, it's going to be a little more technical. It's freezing your eggs versus freezing embryos. So freezing your eggs means that you are stimulated to produce eggs that are then harvested and frozen. And freezing your embryos means that you are, again, stimulated to produce eggs that are then harvested, but that are fertilized with a sperm and thus create the life-giving form that is an embryo. And those are frozen. Now, the thing about the, the biggest difference between the two is that embryos are a lot more stable than frozen eggs. They're also a lot more expensive. And there's also a lot more legality around that because it's a life created from two different people. I think a lot of us have heard about the story of Sofia Vergara, who had embryos that she created with her husband. And then when they broke up, he still wanted to use the embryos and make a baby. And she was like, no, no, I don't want you to make a baby with my baby. And they were like, well, he has a right to because he has 50% ownership. Listen, it gets trippy. It gets very trippy. I believe there was also another situation like this similar with Sherry Shepard, but I can't remember the nuances of it. But the reality though, is that an embryo means that like life has been created and then frozen in the life growing process. The egg is simply just the egg. Now it I could, I, I apologize now if I'm messing up on any of the intricacies of this, because again, I'm not a professional, but this is how it was explained to me. When you are born, you are given an, a finite number of eggs as a woman. And over the course of your life, those eggs will be produced and then they drop. And then every year, I mean, every period, you release an unfertilized egg. That's what happens. Your ovaries produce eggs. They, an egg comes into the uterus. It doesn't fertilize. You flush it out with your uterine lining for that month and you start all over again. Now, the reason why people are like, oh, you know, when you're older, it's not as great to get pregnant is because you have less eggs and the quality of eggs isn't the best. I don't know if this is accurate, but I like to think of it as like, they're the eggs that have been sitting there the longest. <laughs> so they're just not as right. Uh, but nonetheless, it is a reality that women only have egg giving process, a giving ability for a certain amount of time. And some women, unfortunately, have lesser amount of legs. And so they go into premenopause. And then other women, you know, they fertile for a long ass motherfucking time. And then other women kind of fall within the average space like myself, which is kind of like between 37 and 41. There's a drastic de uh, decrease in how many eggs you're producing. And then those eggs are... Um, still, they're still, they're still viable, but they may not be as, um, abundant. So the embryos are 
considered to be more um, sturdy because you've taken the egg into the next phase. And so when they freeze it, it's not just like this fragile egg because apparently the eggs, they can even get fucked up in the dethawing process because at the end of the day, they're still an egg. They're fragile. So I know people who have, you know, made embryos with their partners. I know people that, um, you know, have, have frozen their eggs and then made an embryo with the frozen eggs. It's all, you know, your unique experience, your unique decision, and it's very expensive. So I think that's the thing that stops a lot of people from not only freezing their eggs, but from going the next step, which is the embryo. I know for me, I was like, oh, y'all wildin'. So I was like, you know what? We're just going to do this first step. I mean, it's roughly freezing your eggs is, 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 I'm not even going to say the number because I don't want even want to scare y'all. It's not, I'm not saying it's like a hundred thousand. It ain't there, but it's something you have to plan for. I'll say that. I feel like you have to plan for it. And I know a lot of folks who work in companies where they're able to get it covered by the health insurance of that company. And so if it's something that you want to do, definitely look into that because I know a lot of us may not even consider, may not even know that that's an option because we hadn't considered it, but it very well, it very well might be where you work. So to freeze or not to freeze, to embryo or not to embryo, that is the question, but it can only be answered by you and your situation. Right. Now, this is one of those DMTs where there's going to be times where I just don't know. And that's what I'm going to say if I don't know. First question. I'm 36 and thinking of doing this. How do you find a reputable place? How bad were the hormone side effects? Well, I found my place because it was referred to by my gynecologist. So I think that's a solid way. And also, of course, asking around. You know, word of mouth is the best source of sharing information that I found. I know that I've made a whole career with my businesses off of just word of mouth and people being happy with the experience that they've had at my shows or with my products and spreading the word. And it's the same with this because it really is such a personal and invasive experience because you're basically giving blood every two days. You're doing an ultrasound every two days. Like you're in the mix of these people for three weeks, hardcore. So you're going to want a place that is, you know, intuitive, that is um, communicative and that has good bedside manner. So I think the best way of doing that is uh, finding that out is talking to other people who have gone through this. And listen, of course, you know, Yelp reviews are, are very effective, but Start with your gynecologist, see if they know somebody and uh, if they know a place that they either have sent patients to, or in my case, that they went to their damn self. How bad were the hormone side effects? I actually didn't have any side effects from the hormones. I mean, I had one night where I just was caught staring off into space by my man, but I think that was more so because I had just filmed for 12 hours and he said he was going to cook for me. And when I came home, he did cook for me, but it was really bad. And so... <laughs> I was more so staring off into space, just like trying to hide my disappointment um, and also my frustration at the fact that I didn't know what I was going to eat for dinner and that there was no solutions. And I had already passed that point of hunger where you have an appetite. Like now you're just hungry. You don't know what you want. You just want something that is not going to taste like unsalted red beans. I know he was wrong for that. 
Next question. Why freeze your eggs now? That's a loaded ass question. So, why freeze your eggs now? I don't feel like I want to, I don't want to carry a baby. I mean, if it went down, like if it happened, like I would suck it up and and do my best. But if I have the option, I would get a surrogate for a number of reasons, but namely because I just feel like they would be better at being pregnant than me. Um, and you got to know yourself. And these are the things that a lot of women don't get to have conversations about because we are all expected to be the best mothers and we're all expected to be popping at being pregnant. And we're all expected to just know how to do all these things and to enjoy it and like it. And I'm gonna tell you straight up, I don't want to. I don't, none of my friends, none of their reports have inspired me to say that I wanna do that. Now, if you're somebody that's like all about that, bitch, by all means, like, please don't let my preference have any swing on you. But I just want to give space for those of you out there who may be holding that emotion in to let you know, like, fuck out of here. Like we live in a society where women are expected to just like be baby makers and like be the best at it. And I think what we've learned in even the past 30 years is that there's just other things that we find ourselves more excited about doing. And we shouldn't have to feel shame about not wanting to do this other thing. Now, we also live in a technologically advanced system where shit, you can have a baby without having to go through the pregnancy. So if you're able to have your cake and raise it too, then fuck it. So that's part of it. The other thing is that I just, you know, I don't know if I want kids. But I know that if I have the ability to have the option, I should do it. This was a real meeting of logic and spirituality. What I mean by that is that I had to really come to terms with where my responsibility as an earthling laid in this process and where God's responsibility laid. And I'm not trying to get all woo-woo on y'all, but this is the process that I had to go through. Because on one hand, I'm just like, if I'm supposed to get pregnant, I'm gonna get pregnant. If I'm supposed to have a baby, I'm gonna have a baby. But then on the other hand, I'm like, yeah, but you also have agency in your destiny, which a lot of us feel like we don't. Um, And in some ways we may not, but in some ways I think we do. And we have more than we ever thought we had, particularly women. So in my ownership of my agency of my destiny, I was like, you know, I may want a child, but I don't know. I don't want one right now. And if that were to happen, that would still be a matter of the universe's will, right? But what is my responsibility on allowing the universe to act at at its will, as well as giving myself the choice to determine my destiny? And when it came down to it, I felt like it's about exhausting the full extent of your ability. And were I in a different financial position, it wouldn't be the full extent of my ability to freeze my eggs. But because I can, if I didn't, I would be setting myself up for a possible regret later on. And ultimately, I just want to have as least amount of regrets as possible. And 
whatever, however many eggs were produced and were able to be stored, that's not up to me. That's the universe. If I decide to have a child, however many eggs make it out of thaw and, you know, make it into a body and, you know, all of that, I can't control none of that. All I could control is if the egg is available. So then I felt like that became my responsibility to do. And I also like, I don't want to keep fucking with condoms, <laughs> but I don't want to be on the pill because I'm older. And you understand it's this woman shit is a fucking beast y'all. It's a beast because then if you're on the pill, that can affect your ability to get pregnant. If you decide that you do want to get pregnant later. So it's like, how do you create using all of these science shit that's in front of you. This is a very Western woman conversation. How do you create the possibility for what, you know, you may want later. And it's like, all right, I need to freeze these eggs so I can get on the pill so I can stop using condoms and enjoy sex again. (laughs) So all of those reasons come into play as to why now. And the biggest reason is because I'm 39 and I'm going to be 40 in July. So if I was going to ever do it, this is like last stop on the, on the train to eggdom. Choo-choo. Come on, right that egg. Fertilize it. Come on, Fertilize it. Choo-choo. Like this was it. This was it. Next question. Is there anything about the process of having your eggs harvested that surprised you? I didn't realize there was so many fucking shots. Okay? I thought you'd give yourself one shot a night, and it's like in a pre-frilled syringe. You're just like, bloop, and it's like, bloop, and it's like, that. That's what I thought. No, ma'ams. No, ma'ams. It is a minimum of three shots a night, and you have to mix the the medications so some of the medications come in like two different vials and it'll be like a vial of saline and then a vial of medication you have to like put the syringe in the saline and pull it out and then inject it into the vial with the with the with the um with the actual medicine and then swish that around and then pull it back into the syringe and then now use a different syringe like y'all i just so they had a they had a nurse tutor like do a tutoring session with all of the actual medications on, on, um, on my zoom. And so me and my man, like he joined me. And so we watched cause he was going to help me do the shots and everything. And so we watched for an hour as this woman, Hannah, all the way in Boston took the time to go through every medication and show us exactly how you mix every medication, which syringe to use, how long you should wait, you know, which one takes longer to dissolve, et cetera. I mean, it was intense. I'm taking notes, you know, it's such a tad and menopure and gone left and all type of shit. You know, then you got the little container where you put the needles in. It was very intense. Now, at the end of it, he was like, I really think we can do this. I think, you know, it's going to be, uh, it'll be fine. And I was like, I mean, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. You're right. Because the academic in me felt like, well, we're in science class now. Then I went to bed and woke up the next morning and was like, yeah, but we're not in science class. <laughs> we're actually not in science class. And this is actually like your body. And so if, 
like this is this is actually going to be difficult. And I was I was very much like just kind of thinking that it would be like a very easy kind of thing because so many of my friends have done it and made it sound like that. And it's just not. So I ended up hiring a nurse who I'll talk about in that one time. And she came and gave me my shots. But that surprised me that you had that many shots that you had to have. I didn't know that it was going to be that many shots. It also surprised me that they put you on birth control before you um, go on the medication. And that is supposed to, that's to prime your ovaries to um, start producing eggs. So these are surprises. I knew it was going to be expensive. So that didn't surprise me. I knew that I would have to go in like every other day for blood work and all of that. So that didn't surprise me. Actually, you know what else surprised me? That I didn't have a response to the hormone medication. I really thought like my cancer ass was going to be over here like, (laughs) and it didn't, um, it didn't do anything to me. Something else that also surprised me was that different pharmacies charge different rates. And I don't know why I didn't know that, but There was one pharmacy that I was using at the beginning of the process and another pharmacy at the end. And the pharmacy at the end charged a substantially lower rate than the one that I was using in the beginning. And had I known that, I would have only used the one at the end. And I just thought, I just think that it's important to to research all your pharmacy options. And I did not know that. So let me make that known to anybody who's doing this, particularly who's doing this on a tight budget, because your medications, you don't want to end up having medication left over. That's going to be the worst. You can't use it. So you want to make sure that you get your first run of medication and that from that point forward, you're just buying what you need so that you don't stock up and then you stocked out. Next question, was the process painful? Yes. I think other people may just have a higher pain threshold. I didn't know that I had a low pain threshold. I'm not gonna say that it was like, oh my God, painful. But it was the more, so with every day, you get more sensitive. And so like, you know, naturally, right? So of course, like you're getting shots on either side of your belly, but also the hormones make you more sensitive. So it got more and more sensitive. And it's not like painful again, like has you screaming. It's just an uncomfortableness that you're like, is this done yet? So over the course of two weeks, so like there's the first week is the birth control and then you do two weeks, up to two weeks of shots. I had to do the full two weeks. You're getting a minimum of three shots. Plus you're going in every two days to give blood and to also get an ultrasound. And when you get the ultrasound, they stick a probe up your pussy and look up in there to see how the eggs are going. And I know that this like, okay, yeah, that's just part of the process, but like getting a probe up your pussy on a daily, on like a bi-daily basis, you're, it's not, it's not the jazz. (laughs) It's not the jazz. So, and then in terms of emotionally painful, let me also add this element. You know, you, you, if you're an overachiever like myself, it can be a very demoralizing process because you're, you're having to just rely on your body to work in a way that you don't have control over, like every other thing that you put your mind to. 
And that can just feel like so frustrating, you know, and, and what they're doing is every day, every other, every day that you go into the office, they're looking to see which eggs are growing and how many eggs are growing. And they need to grow to a certain size in order for them to be considered mature enough to remove. Now, some doctors will just remove all the eggs and let you know which ones are mature. My doctor, she only removed eggs that she felt were fully mature or that were close to maturity. So you'll have some people that have like only five eggs come out of 10, but then you'll have other people that have like five eggs come out of seven. And it's like, yeah, that person may have had 10 for another doctor. So it's not really like a, a finite science in that way. That's the kind of stuff that comes up to the discretion of the doctor. But the, the, the emotional pain part of it is like watching you start with like, 13 follicles, which means, okay, 13 follicles are going to produce eggs. So you think, oh, I, hey, I may have a chance of 13 eggs. And you come in two days later and it's like, okay, only nine eggs sprouted. And you're like, okay, that's still cooking. That's still cooking. And then it's like two days later, it's like, okay, only seven are still going. And so, you know, you just start to like really get frustrated at like how they're functioning. And the one thing I will say that I didn't realize, this is actually another surprise that, that I didn't know, is that like anything can happen, man. Like, uh, you know, at one point I had like a certain amount of eggs and then within two days, like some more eggs popped in, like the, like the late show. So it really is. Um, and I know a lot of people that do acupuncture to help increase like the egg growth and stimulate and, you know, change their diets, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that part can be very emotionally frustrating. Like I would get in the car and just be like, <sighs> and also just being poked with needles. is just like, blah. Next question. Did you feel the need to incorporate your significant other in this process? If so, was it beneficial? If not, I'm sure he's aware, given this is the topic. What would that conversation look like? Would his opinion hinder the process? Um, I did feel the need to involve him largely in part because I wanted the emotional support because for me, like, I just really wasn't sure if I wanted to do this because I had been so adamant about doing it for so long. And I really needed to be able to like bounce it off of somebody to get clarity on if I was moving from a place of intuition or from a place of fear. And I do feel like at a certain point I was moving from a place of fear. I don't, I'm not really sure what I was was scared of per se, but I definitely was coming from a place of fear. And ultimately he was like, I just think that if you don't do it, you're going to, you're going to regret it because you like to have options. And so he gave me advice based on him, his knowledge of what he knows of me. And I feel like that's the only advice that's really the most effective when people give you advice from what they know of you, not what they would do unless you solicit that from them. And he was very, um, understanding of like, this is a thing that's, that's being done. And, you know, in his maturation as a man, I think he's coming to a place where he sees that like, it's us, you know? So if she, if this is something, if this is happening to her and it's for the sake of something that's going to be with us, then I need to be a part of the us. And, you know, like I, appreciated that he would come and like sit up like when I would get my shots he would come hold my hand when I got my shots and and it's not to say I had to say this like I had to be like hey this is something I want from you like don't think that all men or any or everybody is just intuitive about these things because sometimes people don't know what they how they can support or if they're even needed for support but in this case I told him and he and he complied and it and from a genuine place too it wasn't like he came and held my hand like ugh 
this bitch. So it was very beneficial. Um, you know, and had he not, had I, I don't know that I would have done it if I was with somebody that I couldn't inf- include them in it. I don't know because so much of the idea of having a kid for me is about having them in a family setting. And for a lot of women, that's just not, that doesn't matter. Next question. Can you choose how many you'd like to freeze? Do you have to have a plan for them when you freeze them? So they actually have a plan for you. Like they have a place where they house and store your eggs. Now I did hear a story about somebody who had frozen their eggs in the building where their eggs are frozen had actually gotten like condemned or something. So it was going to be, they got evicted, their eggs got evicted. And so they had to uh, work with the company to find a new place uh, to where the eggs are going to be stored. And I just thought that was bonkers. Um, Now I think like you, you can choose how many you would like to freeze, but most people to my knowledge freeze, however many they actually got. Um, and you're paying for just, you're not paying for the storage of each individual egg. You're paying for like your eggs. So if you got 14 eggs and you paying for the storage of 14 eggs, so that's like how it's stored. So, um, you know, for, for, and they only freeze the mature eggs to my knowledge. Last question. How did you financially, physically, mentally, and spiritually prepare for the procedure? I feel like I kind of covered all of those things, but in a nutshell, well, physically, I should say, I had to be very conscious about the fact that I was working. So Insecure is filming right now and they changed our schedule, but I had already committed to doing this and I didn't want to go back on it because I felt like if I didn't do it now, I wasn't going to do it. And so it turned out that I would have to be doing this while I am filming. And I wasn't sure if that would be like crazy, you know what I'm saying? But when I spoke to my physician, she was like, you know, we're just going to play it by ear. And, you know, you do have to be able to go into the office. Luckily, their hours were early enough to where like it didn't have to conflict with my shooting times. But it's some, it's it's wild how when it's for you, it's for you. Because y'all, everything fell perfectly within days that I wasn't shooting, within night shoots. Like it, there was never a hiccup. Every turn was like, the right thing. And so that's how it let me also know that I'm doing the right thing. Um, and then also like physically, you have to be able to know that you're going to be down for the count because not to say that you're down for the count all the way, but like you can't do strenuous things. So, you know, we're launching illustrious league and we had to set up the fulfillment center and thank goodness for my dude, because normally I just been in there lifting the boxes, you know what I'm saying? Getting it in because that's how I do. But he, um, alleviated me having to do that. And he actually shouldered that task for me. And I just supervised because I couldn't lift anything because you can't strain your abdomen um, because of the, the eggs and your ovaries are sensitive. So, you know, these are things that you have to be aware of and conscious of and know that like, okay, you know, like when you have the extraction, you're going to need a day to recover. Like you can't drive for 24 hours and you also had just had anesthesia. So like you shouldn't be, in the mix of anything, you know, but there was a possibility that I was going to end up having the extraction and have to go to work. I mean, my doctor literally after the extraction was like, please don't tell me you have to work today. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't have to work today. But that was like the biggest thing mentally. Um, 
Mentally, I will say this. My doctor, Dr. Akopians, she really prepared me mentally because when I met with her, she gave me such just she gave me so much information in a in a digestible way that it made it possible for me to be able to go forward without feeling like I was, you know, kind of just like feeling around in the dark. And she also just alleviated my concerns around like, are the hormones going to affect me? Like, how long does this take? I have a lot of friends who treated this very transactionally. And I'm not saying that it's a crazy, crazy, crazy experience, but I will also say that like, I think I have friends that are a little less sensitive than I am. And so you know, in the transactionalness of it for them, it was like, this is something I got to do. So we do it, it's done. And that's it. Whereas for me, it's like, I mean, there's so many levels, you know, and and the comedian in me is looking at every little piece of it and where's the funny. And, you know, just like, you know, you got to go into the office and you're looking at everybody sitting there waiting. You're trying to see, like, you're you're thinking about what does everyone do? Then you have this one guy who would take my blood and he would always be like mad hard on my arm. And finally I had to be like, I don't want him to take my blood. <laughs> then I had like one ultrasound nurse who would be like very chipper. And she'd be like, hello, Amanda. Let's see how many yanks you have today. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, I appreciate this, but this is also like a lot. And she'd be like, okay, look at this one. This is looking good. All right. Let's look at this one. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> like Disney meets egg freezing. Then there was like this woman who I never saw her face, but she would call me to give me information about like my medication. And, you know, you have to like re-up on your medication sometimes, et cetera, et cetera. And so she would call me and she calls everyone her friend. And she'd be like, hello, my friend. How are you doing today, my friend? Okay, my friend, you are going to be using more Menipure tonight. We're going to up the dosage, my friend, and it's going to be necessary that you relay this to your nurse. Okay, my friend? My friend, I'm wishing you the best in all of this process. <laughs> you suggest these were people that I feel like I would have made up as characters, and they are like actual human beings. And so, you know, like me having the consciousness of all of that on top of like what's actually happening, I feel like is different than my other friends who were just like, yeah, I'm going to get these eggs frozen and I left. But up, the script. So the script for this is just that season of Mary Jane, of being Mary Jane, where she froze her eggs. Because honestly, that was my only frame of reference for freezing eggs. But it was a full-on frame of reference because they really dove into it emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, economically. And I think that it's a really good one to watch also because she really fits the bill of the woman who's freezing her eggs by, by, by and large, right? It's the independent woman, the professional woman who's reached a certain age where it didn't happen naturally yet, but she doesn't want to completely miss the boat before she kicks the bucket. And it's like being able to watch that. And and I, I want to rewatch it at this age. Cause when I watched it, I feel like I was maybe like 33. So I didn't really relate in the same way. So now I need to watch it now that I'm this age so I can relate again. But ultimately what's good about it is that it just shows you the steps that you have to go through and, you know, the heartache and the frustration and the, and the, and the jubilance and the excitement, right. That can happen. So that's my uh, suggestion for this week's the script. That That one one time. time. (laughs) Well, I talked a lot about my personal experience throughout this whole episode. 
But what I didn't talk about was just how integral it became that I got a nurse. So I had decided, you know what, this is not for me. I'm not going to give myself the shots. And I asked the office if they can provide me with a nurse. And so they provided me with a nurse. Her name is Julia. Julia came and became a light in the process of doing these shots because Julia is this white lady from Louisiana, but you can tell that she definitely has been around a lot of black folks and she had no problem hiding that shit. And she wasn't doing it on the annoying thing where white people are trying to act black. It was just like, no, I just relate. I see, I know about that thing. Like it started when I was like, um, like one night I was like, yeah, you know, we have to shoot in Long Beach tomorrow. She's like the LBC. And we were like, what? Then another night, like we were talking about lean or something. She's like, oh, purple drink. (laughs) Yeah. And it just was such a pleasant experience to have her in the mix because she really allowed it to feel less medical and less sterile, even though she was absolutely operating from a professional place. And like someone like me, like I needed that level of irreverence for, and and not irreverence, but I needed that level of levity in order for me to just be able to get through the process. Because you think two weeks isn't a long time, but doing doing anything every day, particularly to your body, it does feel like a lot when you're in the midst of it. And she just was a perfect mix of compassion and of professionalism and of information. And, you know, a lot, she helped me save money because she was able to, you know, do certain things with the medific, with the medication um, based on her nursing training that I wouldn't have been able to do in terms of extracting amounts from different places and combining them. So it was really worth the money. And it wasn't, it wasn't a crazy amount of money either. And, but, and, and, and the amount of money that it was worth, the amount of money that I was charged wasn't even close to what I got because I feel like she, in this process, she was a priceless part of this process that made it just so much more manageable and in some place, in some ways enjoyable. I mean, I had to do one, um, session of shots with dressed as cousin sassy because when she got to the house we were in the middle of shooting a sketch she came to my trailer at insecure and had to give me my shots in my trailer she's like where am i i'm like you're at a base camp for a tv show she was like get out um and so she was just really a very like surprise happy spot in what already was a positive process, but it just made it even that much better. I mean, at one point she even shared with me, like, I didn't know that it was a black man who um, really uncovered the secret behind the inoculations for smallpox. And so she was sending me stuff on that. (laughs) Like, so, you know, I just want to thank Julia because I, I was very afraid of this process. And I, I still am not sure to the, to what extent that fear was what it was. I'm, I'm, I gotta tell y'all, but she helped to alleviate it in such an immediate way. And everyone at that office really did. I gotta say, I mean, I used to, I mean, I appreciate a good doctor's office that has good books. You know, they had a Gustav Klimt book about the art, about the artist that I ended up buying. When have you ever bought a book that you saw at a doctor's office because you were like, I need that for myself? That's the level of books they had. And then they had all these like fashion books. Like they had a book on Versace, on Valentino and Chanel, like all these big ass picture books. And you're like, this is the shit I want to look through while I'm waiting to get a probe suck up my pussy. Thank you for knowing that. So um, I know people who have done this multiple times, not I. Did it one time. I am pleased with the amount of eggs that were uh, 
extracted. And my doctor was super, like I told you, just great bedside manner. People asked, like, did I have bleeding and cramping? I didn't. I mean, it's common to have it, but I was very fortunate that I actually didn't have it that crazy. I was just knocked out because of the anesthesia. So I was really kind of just like slow motion and my body was just like, largely in part because of the anesthesia. And, um, and that's that. The last dose. I wanted to do this episode because I know how many people are thinking about this, but may don't maybe don't want to talk about it because they feel like it's like playing with science. And I gotta say, like, there's a certain extent, right? Like, I know like some people are like making twins or like they're like choosing the sex of their baby and hey, like do that. I don't know that I would want to do that. I don't know that I would go that far, but I will say that scientific and technical advancements, you know, we use them in a number and a myriad of ways all the time. And we pick and choose when it feels right and when it feels wrong. But ultimately, if you're able to do something that's going to make you feel more at peace and give you peace of mind and give you options that you otherwise wouldn't have, then I feel like that's always the best choice. If it's not going to hurt nobody and it's not going to hurt you. And I know that freezing eggs is something that's becoming a lot more like a lot more common in conversation, particularly just amongst um, like it used. I feel like it used to be like a very, very small pocket of people. And I feel like it's become a lot more available because it is less expensive than it used to be. But I want y'all to know, like anything you do, do the research. I went to. um you know, the place that my physician, my gynecologist had suggested. And I, I stayed there because I met with the doctor and I really liked her and her conversation and her confirmation of my feelings and of my concerns. But had I not, I would have went somewhere else. And I think sometimes we don't do that because we're like, oh, that's a sign I shouldn't do it. But it's like, if it's right for you, then the right situation will arise. So keep on going. So to everybody out there, you know, being a woman is a fucking bitch. These pussies are pesky. These uteruses are out of line. And it can feel like we just are always playing catch up. So it's always best to try and educate yourself, inform yourself, and give yourself an opportunity to do something for yourself that the world is definitely not even going to do for you. And so for me, that was freezing my eggs just in case I decide to give the world another seals. A podcast network.